This is Encounters, a dialogue that brings you multifaceted life stories you don't want to miss. I think I have some gift. I have to admit this because I am, on some extent, gifted in study the courses in schools. However, that makes me some difficulty in facing real obstacles <laughs> when I really encountered those real obstacles. I try to find out, oh, is there any experience that I can utilize to face those obstacles? I found, oh no, I never faced any obstacles before 18. A lot of parents they think that uh, when you compare yourself to the others and you find out that you are not as good as the others, you will have the motivations to become better. But that's completely misunderstanding of the growth of oneself. Actually, it's the confidence itself makes one grow stronger. It is that you believe you are good. You believe from heart that you can be better. You believe in yourself. The confidence makes you better. I hope to find out what is the reason behind a lot of economics and the social phenomena. I think that there must be some mechanism, some really deep reasons behind that. I hope to use some of those uh, systematic trainings to find out the secrets in society because they provide a lot of uh, knowledge and also the angles of seeing things and also some topics to write about. I think writing is also a kind of um, tool to express the world. The unknown world. Yeah, you need a lot of materials to form your writing. You cannot just write out of nowhere. <laughs> so everything, every knowledge, every experience is helpful to write. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Man Ling. Today we have invited Hao Jing Fan to our studio. She is a Chinese science fiction writer. Her story, Folding Beijing, won the 2016 Hugo Award for Best Novelette, marking the first Hugo awarded to a Chinese woman. Hao Jing Fan used to work as a researcher at the China Development Research Foundation for six years. She now runs a startup in the field of child education, aiming to bring high-quality general education to Chinese children. Born in Tianjin, Jingfang was a straight-A student in class from primary school to high school, the so-called trophy kid, who would fit into the perfect picture of what every family is supposed to look like. I've been reading reports about your interviews on other media and listened to your public speeches. I learned that you have always been a top student from primary school way through to the university sort of life, right? I wonder, is being a top student what you wanted? Before entered university, I was a top student by chance. By chance? Yes. Yeah, so, what sort of chance? 
I think I have some gift. I have to admit this. If I said, "Oh no, I'm, I'm not gifted. I'm not clever," that would be not true, because I am, on some extent, gifted in study the courses in schools. So, so it's just the easy job for you, right? Yeah. Before I entered the university, university. it was an easy job for me. I just don't know why I'm the first, but I just know that the other students they cannot be as good as me in examinations. So I don't know why, but it is like you- that from I was very young. However, that makes me some difficulty in facing real obstacles <laughs> when I really encountered those real obstacles. I try to find out, oh, is there any experience that I can utilize to face those obstacles? I found, oh no, I never faced any obstacles before. Eighteen. So, so you mean failure is the mother of success, and you have never experienced the failure. Right. So you have nowhere to learn, right? Yeah, no, I, uh, I did not have the experiences facing the failures, the challenges, the difficulties before eighteen. The most severe failure for me, perhaps, is some kind of love relationships、uh, like this in campus. Not academically. <laughs> no, not academically. But emotional problems, right? right? Yeah. But after. Enter the university, Tsinghua University. I really felt a lot of、uh, pressure and also real obstacles, real difficulties. I found a great difficulty in the courses in the university. Specifically, what courses you have difficulty with?、Uh, in the first term, physics, the mechanics caused me a lot of difficulties. We had、uh, three mathematics and four physics courses in the first term. And after that, each year we have the most difficult ones, like the electromagnetic mechanics. Too scientific. Yeah, and also analytical mechanics and other mathematics. These are very difficult because I was in the physics department, so we learn mathematics、mm-hmm. to the highest level. But I'm not that good in mathematics comparing to my fellow students, and also I found a lot of、uh, physics concept at that time very abstract and、uh, it's difficult to understand and. I found that a lot of students they are so clever, they are so talented in mathematics and physics. So among those students, I'm not the top one anymore. I even had a lot of difficulty in passing some of those examinations. So at that time, it's the first time in my life that I really feel the normal pressure. Of the normal students, they might have the same difficulty, the same obstacles as I have in the university much earlier in their lives. So you so, tasted the bitterness of frustration yeah, yeah.、Uh, much later than your yeah. peers. Yeah. But let's go back to before eighteen, right? You've been top, and it's easy, and it's by chance, as you said yourself. There are a lot of articles and、uh, reports about you. Out there in the media, which says you are somebody else's child, <laughs> in the 别人的孩子 in Chinese, right? I think this is a very typically and uniquely Chinese cultural thing. When I was younger, within my family, 
because I'm the eldest grandchild of the family, and I was doing well academically and maybe exemplary enough for other younger siblings. They say, you know, you should follow her example. She is the model, right? But you are almost every other parent's wish that I could have such a child. So under such a limelight, did you feel anything when you were young? I really hate the saying of "look at her and copy her example." When I was young, I had a, a lot of other kids around me, and they, their parents would say, "Oh, look at、uh, Fang Fang's sister, copy her examples. She's so good in studying." Each time when I heard that kind of saying, I try to let the little boys and girls to do something bad. <laughs> you taught them no, to not, be mischievous, right? Not not something bad, but, but to be mischievous, naughty,、uh, yeah, naughty, naughty things. things. Why? To to show the parents, oh, this Fang Fang sister is not that good. She's naughty. <laughs> She has a lot of、uh, bad habits, too. right? Yeah, she's not she, as good as you think. Yeah, but、uh, what's the ration behind it? Why? I feel embarrassed. If I'm together with the other kids and pick up by the parents, I don't want to be singled out. Yeah, so and to be praised. Yeah, and, and they might feel very uneasy, and that makes me feel very uneasy. Have you ever pondered or thought carefully about this culture? Why Chinese parents, a lot of them, tend to do such a thing? Because in my mind, every kid is unique. And、uh, you just simply cannot compare, you know, one kid with、mm-hmm. the other, right? You are now a mother of two.、Mm-hmm. You must understand this. But why people in our country are doing such a thing, always comparing, and how come it、oh. has been there for generations of people? A lot of parents, they just believe that comparing to the others, comparison. Can make such child do better. They misunderstanding the growth of a child. They think that、uh, when you compare yourself to the others and you find out that you are not as good as the others, you will have the motivations to become better. But that's completely misunderstanding of the growth of oneself. Actually, it's the confidence itself makes one grow stronger. It is that you believe you are good. You believe from heart that you can be better. You believe in yourself. The confidence makes you better. It has to come from within, yeah, not from outside no, examples. Embarrassment the- can really not make a child have the motivation for life. But a lot of parents they just think that oh, makes you embarrassed, then you work harder. But that's not the case. And by the way, just now you mentioned that whenever somebody pointed at you, say, "Hey, you know, you should copy, you know, her、uh, growth or model," you actually used the word quite extreme. You you hate it, and you started to play naughty, and then、yeah. you taught kids, your peers, something bad. But I want to say that: Do you think you were an obedient child when you were little? No, 
No, naughty? Uh, your headache of your parents? <laughs> I'm quite active. I'm not a troublemaker, but I'm quite independent. So I have a lot of ideas. I can always create new games for my peers' students. And sometimes I let them to the other places to explore adventures. I think I can really use the word adventurous to describe myself from I was very little until now. So I really, really hope to make some adventures in life. That makes me really exciting. I can feel the excitement in my blood. Yeah, in high school, you actually played trunt many times because maybe the lessons and the classes bored you that much, right? But up to conventional standard, I used to teach and you have got yourself in education, right? And you're parenting your own kids. Do you think um, kids play trunt is a bad sort of behavior? I think that if they did not disturb others, it's okay. You think it's okay? Yeah. But uh, how did you get away from punishment? Did your teachers say, no, 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 Jingfang, you have to come back to attend the classes? I use my examination scores to... To convince them? Yeah. And uh, they tolerated your... Naughty. I think that the examination scores is some kind of protection okay. because it's like a trade. I give you my score and you give me some freedom. It's a trade-off, right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. And uh, we always talk about like all work, no play makes Tom a dull boy. Yeah. What sort of hobbies did you develop before 18? Do you now play musical instruments? Yeah, a little bit cello. But I did not have much time really learning things. I do feel a little bit regret on that. But uh, the school time is quite full after 10 years old. So I used to learn drawing the paintings Painting. and a little bit of uh, electronic piano mm -hmm. when I was young. But after fourth year in primary school, because the school time is quite full and the homeworks, I did not have the regular exercise time. So I quit uh, painting and uh, piano playing. Uh -huh. So after 10 years old, I only have time to like drawing some comics mm. and also writing because that does not take any <laughs> exercise time. So drawing the comics and writing become my biggest hobby in junior middle school and in high school. Even now, I really enjoy writing and drawing. Jinfang graduated from one of China's most prestigious universities, Tsinghua University, with a bachelor's degree in physics and a doctoral degree in economics. In her senior year in Tsinghua, she published her first sci-fi story, Summer at Grandma's House. Her interest in writing began in elementary school, and her talent surfaced during high school when she triumphed in the new concept writing competition, a Chinese literary competition for young writers. At high school, you won first prize, right? The first prize in the new concept writing competition. That is the moment when already you developed your interest in writing or is how important is this award in your life? Later, even today, how significant is that new concept writing competition award? I started to write some stories when I was about 10 years old. 
and I fell in love with literature, the serious literature writing. How did was, you, you, you say you fell in love, but can you still remember what made you being lured or, you know, being hooked to literature? Do you have a specific book? Um, you know, something your mom introduced you or it's a class delivered by one of your teachers that got you hooked into literature? There are two stages, really clear stages. The first one is when I was 10 years old, I went to Manchester in England. With your parents? Yeah, with my parents for almost one year. They and were working there? My dad uh, used to be the visiting scholar. Visiting scholar. Yeah, in the Manchester University. Mm -hmm. And I went there. I did not got much from the schools there, but there is a library in Manchester and there's a Chinese library within the big library. So I went into the Chinese library. I found a lot of books there and there was no homework in England uh, yeah, at that time. So I go to the library and the first um, literature book I pick up is Jane Eyre. Jane Eyre? Yeah, Jane Eyre. Wow. That's the one book. Mm -hmm. So it's simplified. It's in Chinese. So I can understand as a 10-year-old girl. I found out, oh, it's a completely new world to me. I still remember the feeling I read Jane Eyre and the feeling I got after that book. What's the feeling? Can it, you describe that? It came to me that I really feel the dignity within the character. And that still moves me. See, yeah. you got very emotional. Yeah. But what sort of dignity is that? It's kind of uh, self-recognition and also the self-motivation. And also she really brave in choosing her life, what she likes. She faced difficulties yeah. without any sort of doubt. And also right. she keeps the self-respect. Yes. Yeah, self-dignity. Yes. Yes. When she feels somebody higher than her and when she faces all the difficulties. and She overcomes her inferiority yeah. in Rochester's presence yeah. because Rochester is one of the aristocratic sort of family, yeah. right? Mm. And also, I love another two books. The one is Rebecca. And oh, the Rebecca. Another one is The Tales of Two Cities. Two Cities. Yeah. That's a great history yeah. with very, very strong historical background. Yeah. Do you, as a 10-year-old, really, you understand the two... I did not understand. The Two I, Cities? Actually, I did not understand. I thought I understand. But later, if you read it again, <laughs> you know that you missed a lot of things, right? Yeah. I only picked the several information that I can understand from it, that book. And also... Also, I read some of the books from Victor Hugo and other writers, but I did not understand all of them. I only picked out some plots and stories. Right. But at that time, the one year in England. I, wonderful year. Yeah, wonderful year. So after that, I really picked up a lot of books. You have already developed a sort of reading literature ha yeah. habit. But just now you said Manchester. You know, your one year in Manchester yeah. and the first book, Jenna, mm. which led you into the world of literature. Yeah. And you have another? Yeah, the second things. stage is I was really lucky when I entered the middle school. I encountered a good teacher in Chinese, a Chinese, Chinese teacher. teacher, and she just graduated from Beijing Normal University. That's and, my university. Oh, really? Yeah. And she's really tender and sweet, and she has the talent in 
writing. She herself can write some poems, although she did not show the talents、uh, often to us. But we know it, and she's very tolerant to our writings. She encourages our writings, so she gives some、uh, really good encouragement to our free writing. In my middle school, we formed a little kind of literature club.、Mm-hmm. We write articles, we write proses, we write stories, and we share with each other. And that kind of peer atmosphere really helped me in. Develop the habit of writing. I think in China we call it interest groups, right?、Yeah. You have literature interest group.、Yeah. Did、mm-hmm. you stand out? I think that the three or four girls are all quite good. When we entered high school, I'm not with them anymore. But one of the girls got the highest score in Chinese when she entered the entrance examination. The highest score in. Tianjin, I think, and another girl entered the Beijing Film Academy on the movie literature. So the whole group kept the habit of literature. When you mentioned that some of your peers went really into the field of literature, right? But why you pick it up physics? You went a different <laughs> way. Why? <laughs> Who made that decision for you? I always think that it is the mathematics competition that I took when I was in the fifth year in primary school pushed me into this direction. I dropped all my drawing classes because of、um, the mathematics、uh, competition. The competition. Who decided to join the Olympic sort of、uh, mathematics study? When I was in primary school, the whole school took the examination, and、okay. I was the outstanding student. So my school sent me to the、oh, training class、okay. in my district, and、uh, I'm the representative of my school into the city level competition. Did you win? Not the highest prize, but I'm always in the team. And after that, I entered the experimental class、mm-hmm. on mathematics and、mm-hmm. the sciences in Tianjin. The citywide. Yeah, the citywide.、Wow. So there's only two of that class in Tianjin, and I was the whole city. Yeah, the Tianjin whole city is moderately big. And then there were only two such classes. Yeah, so you joined one of them. Yeah, I was selected、uh, among five thousand students. Actually, I got the sevens in the five. The whole city. Yeah, the five thousand. You ranked the seventh. Na- yeah, the number seven in mathematic、uh, sort of、um, a competition. Yeah, yeah in, in that kind of selection. Selection ranking. So、mm-hmm. I was selected to that class, and the whole goal of that class is to get some prize in some mathematics and physics and chemistry. Three、uh, competitions national wide, and after that it becomes my goal to pursue. I think that only winning some competition prize in mathematics and physics can really prove that your、uh, your worth, yeah. your value. <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy that? Uh, Because I know now, by far, you know, we were talking. You're interested in literature, and now all kinds of competition, physics, math. Did you really enjoy that? I can feel what I really enjoy in mathematics and physics. It's the conceptual part. I really、See. enjoy the philosophical part. Abstractions and conceptual. Physics and math has conceptual and、uh, yeah, you know? they they are very beautiful. There's a lot of beautiful things in physics. Really. 
But I don't I think it's all dry numbers no, and no, no, no. the form, you know. Right. I don't enjoy all those competitions at all. I'm not good at those competitions and I don't enjoy doing the homeworks, the tests, but I really you know, enjoy the conceptual and abstract philosophical part you, in physics and mathematics. Okay, uh, you need to convince me. Tell me one example how math can be conceptual and philosophical. There's one example when we went to the museum. There's a room for mathematics mm -hmm. and uh, we see the the parallel curve line. Yeah. And uh, actually, the meaning of that line is there's a focus. And um, whenever you throw a ball to that line and the reflection come to the focus. Actually, if you want to find the focus and you want everything to come to, to the focus, to the focus, then you find the line. And oh. if you see that as a parable, or if you see that concept as um, some kind of universal, you find out that the mathematics is really to make what invisible visible. Okay, can I understand this? That if once you find the focus, all focus of a life, mm -hmm. then you try different means. It it will always reach that focus. And the means, the turning means points. Means and ways. Yeah, it's the They, they all goes like all roads leads to Rome. Mm -hmm. And the boundary will be that line. Oh, the boundary will be that line. Yeah, because Shuang Xian is kind oh, of like this. And the okay. focus is here. And you find out that every path comes to the focus. And if you just uh, have the, all those boundaries uh, together. And then they form a shape. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Thing. So actually, mathematics is the tool to make all the conceptual abstraction things visible. All the equations and functions, they are the expression of some abstract things. <laughs> I'm learning a yeah, lesson. Yeah, <laughs> actually, if the more you think of those mathematics concepts like dimension, three fraction, dimension, yeah, four dimension, yeah, fractions, and uh, a lot of other things, the more you think of it, the more you found out the beauty into it. It's, oh yeah, it's beautiful. And also statistics. I really enjoy they statistics. So dry. Statistics no, were dry. Statistics is completely beautiful okay. and if you use those statistic models to uh -huh. think about the population and the, about the society and about a lot of things the motion the uh, structures a lot statistics of things. has a lot of graphics and uh, you know tables and things mm. like maybe it has everything to do the way that you paint and you enjoy painting. Uh -huh. I, right? I think that mathematics... Very close to painting? Mathematics is the nature of everything. If you uh, see things using the mathematics way, if you see business or you see society, you see the human nature in mathematics ways, and then you find out all those hidden natures, all the hidden laws... Within everything. You mean if you're armed with the tool of mathematics, you can open the unknown world to yeah, you? Yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then why, you know, you went to Tsinghua, right? Mm -hmm. uh, study physics and uh, 
for bachelor's degree mm-hmm. and then master's degree. Yeah. But why you decided to move on to something very different, that's economics, for PhD degree, what was the consideration behind it? Actually, at first, the seed is the statistics. One time when I saw statistic of the distribution of wealth in a society, I found out the curve is very much like Boltzmann distribution of the gas in physics. Ah, I found out, okay. oh, okay, the salary curve or the wealth curve is like this. It's the shape is almost completely the same as the distribution, physics, yeah, distribution of uh, speed of gas in physics. Similarity. The, yeah, the Boltzmann equation. I found, oh, perhaps the distribution of wealth just uh, copies the um, distribution of energy of gas in a gas box. So I think, oh, there must be some laws behind it, uh-huh. some secret uh, hidden laws behind it. So you studied physics and the physics sort of uh, program include statistics and statistics leads you to economics. Yeah. I hope to find out that uh, what is the reason behind a lot of economics and uh, social phenomena. I think that there must be some mechanisms, some really deep per reasons behind that. I hope to use some of those uh, systematic trainings to find out the secrets in society. Okay, so you want more tools, right, to open this unknown world. And you think that physics and economics contribute to your writing? Yes, they are helpful. In what way? Because they provide a lot of uh, uh, knowledge and also the angles of seeing things and also some topics to write about. I think writing is also kind of a tool to express the world. The unknown world. Yeah, you need a lot of materials to form your writing. You cannot just write out of nowhere. (laughs) So everything, every knowledge, every experience is helpful to write. Do you label yourself as a writer or sci-fi writer? A writer. A writer. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, when did you publish your first story? Uh, When I was in my senior year in university. So that's 2006. The senior year? Yeah, the senior year. And what was that about? Is that a sci-fi? Yeah, that's a a sci-fi story. What did you write about? I wrote about a young university student find out his way of life in the future through some kind of biological experiment. Oh my, <laughs> what's the name of that story? <laughs> but that's very the summer in, in grandma's grandma. sort of town or yeah. whatever. After you graduated from Tsinghua for an economics PhD, you landed on a job, a research job in what company? It's called China Development Research Foundation. For some time, you maintained a parallel career life. Mm-hmm. One yeah. is the research job, yeah. as mentioned in the China Development Research Foundation, right, as an economic researcher. Yeah. During the daytime, daily mm-hmm. sort of job. And in the evening, maybe early in the morning after you <laughs> had kids, you, know, yeah. you focused on writing. Yeah. How did you balance that kind of uh, life? Actually, there's no balance at all. <laughs> it's very natural, right? <laughs> no balance at all. Really? Yeah. I it's just, not too tough? 
I just squeeze time to write things, and actually, I can only write occasionally when I'm busy doing the projects. I have no time, but between two projects, there might be a period of time quite. Freely to me, so I can write more during this period, and another period when it's busy, I need to put focus in. Can I say that、uh, the research job is your job,、uh-huh. and this one is your love, your interest? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, it's like this. <laughs> Interesting. And now I'm still keep writing in the. A spare time. <laughs> the, I, you have to... another full time job now,、yeah. right? But are you still going to stick to your sci fi writing? Yeah, I'm still writing my. So you still have the parallel thing to do in yeah, your life. Yeah.、Uh-huh. And、uh, do you have a new book you're、yeah. writing? I'm writing. Can my you new review、book? the name of that book?、Uh, the origin of human civilization. That's a broad topic. <laughs> yeah. That's it, a big one. Yeah, it's a. It's, it's going a to a long novel. Full length novel. Full length novel. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Are you going to beat the three-body problem? No, no, not that long. I will keep that to one book, and、um, it's perhaps like this. I have all the structures and all the plots, but I just、uh, do not have enough time to get everything details down. Tell I, me, yeah, yeah. Now I wrote、uh, two chapters. I had a plan to write one chapter a week, but <laughs> it seems like too ambitious for me now. All right.、Um, <laughs> Is it going to be the same sort of writing style like Folding Beijing? You know, you combine science fiction with social concerns, social problems. It's the same. Yeah. Same approach. Yeah. But then it's going to be attractive to me. <laughs> but this story happens in the global future, so I discuss the global problem. Globalization、uh, in it. Conflicts between between nations, yeah, between yeah, between races, global you know. conflicts, global conflicts. My goodness, <laughs> <laughs> your literature world is being enlarged、yeah. to such an extent. Jin Fan said, "Science fiction is a genre about possibilities. It gives people the ability to change the world." In reality, she has devoted herself to making equality education possible for children, especially those from impoverished backgrounds. In the next episode, Jingfang will share more of her insights on child education. And that's the end of our show. I'm Manling. Thank you for joining us. Please rate us because the more stars we get. The easier it is for other people to find the show. Bye for now.